Virginia. William Hill, America's number one sports book, is now here. And we have a special 2021 offer to help you bet on all your favorite sports risk-free. Download the William Hill Sportsbook app, and when you sign up, you can get started with a risk-free bet of up to $2,021. Use promo code RADIORF. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Let's make it interesting with William Hill Sportsbook. Hockey talk in August, playoffs. Let's do it. We're gonna. Uh, we have one of our friends coming in. I want. It's his like birthday. Friends episode. <laughs> this is the friends episode. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you. I didn't know that was coming. Uh, yes, this is the friends episode. Okay. We're gonna bring in Dave Joseph, DJ, our uh, <laughs> one of the original four horsemen, one of our travel partners, um, somebody that we off the air and in our own private time yes. enjoy talking hockey with. Probably our recent birthday. Uh, recent birthday, yes, yes. We'll have to find out exactly how old he is. Although maybe he's not going to tell he's us. Not going to tell us. Yeah, no, uh, he looks. He looks on his good days probably like thirty three. Maybe he's got a baby face. He does have a baby face, but it's thinning out though as he's lost weight over the yeah, last couple exactly. of years, and he's so fit now. He is. He's like I remember, fit. like you know, little yeah. little little chubby Dave. Doughy, yeah, yeah Doughy. There, there you go. Exactly. But now he's like fit. He's like ripped. Who's he hanging out with? Matt Price? I, probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a little breaking news here, DB. You do. Uh, the Ontario Reign have been looking for a coach. Uh, we've talked about that quite a bit on this program <laughs> over the last <laughs> month or so. Uh, much to my, uh, you know, dismay. Uh, Mike Stuthers, of course, no longer there. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, uh, you can expect the Kings to make an announcement soon. They have landed their guy really? or they've zoned in and honed in on their guy. Uh, John Roblowski, which is the uh, Robo, the, the coach of the U.S. National Training Development Program. This is who, basically, he was the coach for a lot of the U-17 and U-18s. Got it. He was the coach. Um, you remember all those American players who were taken in the first round? Yep. Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes. <laughs> yeah. Turcotte, Turcotte, et cetera. Yep. Uh, he, was the co- he was their coach, basically. Um, I, from what I understand, he's going to be leaving the national program, and he is going to be the next coach of the Ontario Reign. Okay, so connected dots, is it? How much of an influence is Turcotte being on the team? I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think this is a situation where, like, Turcotte, you know, demanded, you know, this to be his coach. Um, The fact that he knows Turcotte certainly would have helped in the process. um, But realize that, you know, Alex Turcotte is one player among all the players that are in their prospect pool. You talk about guys like Madden. You talk about Kapari. uh, You look at all those guys that are going to be there. Uh, Akil Thomas is coming in. But this is a guy who's coached at a very high level in terms of with prospects, 17, 18-year-olds. He's 42 years old. Uh, By the way, DB, there is an article, shameless plug, on me. Oh, manner. No it's right on the, it. right on the home page there the 10 tidbits on him right. I, it's kind of like his whole life story he played uh he played as well uh both at the program and then also he was at Notre Dame yeah. uh he's 42 the success of the development programs is Really, over the last, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, you look it's at the exploded. last 10 years, and, yeah. and the U.S. really is right there, along with Team Canada, as one of the, the premier powerhouses uh, at the World Junior Championships. And so, um, 
Look, it's going to be interesting to get to know him. I've never spoken with him before. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait to get to know him. He will be the guy who's responsible for developing all of these high-end prospects that the Kings have. And uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait for the official announcement to come down. But from, from my sources, that's what I'm hearing. He is the next head coach of the Ontario Reign. the next month, we just uh, No, within the next couple of days. I would oh, really? Yeah, I mean, break. Okay. Uh, it could be... It, well, knowing my timing, the press conference is happening while we're recording this. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the Kings PR staff, uh, well, Rob Koch and everybody, can they... Yeah. I should have uh, told them or asked them if they could please hold off on the <laughs> announcement until we uh, at least mixed and released the episode. So that's what's happening at the American League level. Uh, it, we, we are still waiting for training camp dates day, yeah. uh, you know, dates to, to be finalized, development camp. The Kings want to get their prospects back to Los Angeles and start working with them. And um, so we'll have to wait for those dates. And I think those will be next on the calendar. Uh, Bjornfoot, I had tweeted out that he was the only player that the Kings could release to go overseas right. just because of the way the contracts, contracts work. Are, yeah. Um, yeah, they can't they can't release them unless they were already part of a previous deal. deal so right. they can't sign new deals. Mm-hmm. And so since guys like Kapari don't, you know, he's he's uh, recovering from an injury. So that probably wasn't the best example. But for some of the other players like Sammy Fajimo and stuff like that, their contracts had expired uh, overseas. So they're, they're only signed to North American deals. Right. They can't sign deals and then and release come and right. come back. And so the Kings would be willing to let some of those players play over there on one condition. And that is that once they know when those mini camps before training camp right, opens, right, right. they want to get their players back. And so that's the deal they worked out with Bjornfoot. So he is headed back overseas uh, and will be playing um, until probably November. If I had to guess, that's kind of the, uh, the target date of when they want some of these camps to open up, sure. you know, late October, I guess maybe at the earliest, but again, we're all waiting for the NHL to announce those dates. Yeah. I, I would assume this with a the start date of December 1st around, you're looking at late October, right? Well, November 17th is what they have penciled in for the training camp dates. And so you'd be looking for a development camp or a pre-camp, right, right, pre-camp. before that, for the seven teams specifically. Least, yeah. yeah like fairness a, a team like teams. the LA Kings, they need to get back on the ice and have some collective, uh, uh, what did you call them a couple shows ago? Like the NFL, not the two-a-day camps, but... Uh, the off uh, off season training. Yeah, the OTAs. There you go. That's yeah. what the, the the NHL needs to get going on something like that. So so while the uh, Kings need to put out a press release announcing the new coach of the Ontario <laughs> Reign, we need the NHL to put out a press release uh, talking about when, when busy the Well, right they kind of are, and that's what I wanted to bring Dave on today. I wanted to talk with DJ about the yeah. playoffs. I'm sure you have some hot takes. Oh, totally intriguing. And it's fantastic. We did not get DJ's predictions uh, heading into it, but I'm I'm sure he has them, so we'll ask him about those yeah, predictions. Totally. Why don't we just cut off the first period and bring him in? Let's do that. All right. We'll be back. Second period, episode Q9, DB, we're bringing in DJ, Dave Joseph, the birthday boy, one of the original Four Horsemen. DJ, what's happening? Uh, nothing. How about that? <laughs> well, Seems to be the pretty stock answer these days, isn't it? It is. But let's just jump right into this. We are calling you on a landline. Who still has a landline? I do. Dave Joseph still has a landline, <laughs> as I refer to myself in the third person. That's fantastic. Um, I have it specifically for calls like this because I'm so uh, well-respected and I, I'm so wanted by so many members of the media yeah. and people always want to talk to me. I said, I'm going to pay the extra 19.95 a month so I can have a landline. Okay. So I never have to worry about my calls breaking up when I talk to guys like Kings of the podcast, DB and the mayor. How about that? <laughs> That's impressive. Thank you for at least remembering what show you were on. We do, we do appreciate that. This is Kings of the podcast, right? It is. I think it is. so. Let me okay. check. So many requests. I don't blame them. DJ, uh, DJ, you recently had yeah. a, you recently had a birthday. Yeah, I'm 27. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> see, I told you. And you didn't know this, but in the first period, we were talking about it, and I said that you look, you know, about 33 on your good days, but you you went even younger, 27. Yeah, 27. I can't believe you thought I was 33. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, some yeah, I'm, I'm getting up there in years now. I'm uh, for those who don't know, I actually turned 46 which is a big, wow. that's a big number. It's I'm a, now closer to 50 than I am to 40. Wow. Um, I guess if you put it but, in those but terms. But I feel, I feel 27, if that means anything. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, when had you a good birthday. My, my lovely wife, Carly, baked me a, a carrot cake, carrot cheesecake. She gave me a bunch of presents. Uh, it was fantastic. She already gave you the most important present. She agreed to marry you, which is still <laughs> mind-boggling in and of itself. Why would anybody agree yeah, to marry talking you? About, uh, uh, talking about out kicking your coverage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Certainly did that. But DJ, like, at 46, like, you made a concerted effort to get in better shape over the last couple of years. Just talk about that that journey. So I can tell you fitness. exactly why. Because he started right. playing with the LA Kings alumni team, and he thinks he's going to get called up. So that's why he's... Oh, that he started? <laughs> <laughs> I still can't figure yeah. out why he's on the alumni team. That really just... I have a, an issue with that. But anyway, Dave, go ahead. Answer the question. Neither can Luke. You should talk to Luke <laughs> yeah. because he can't figure it out either. He always makes fun of me when I wear the alumni jersey. And I said, well... I'm not one of the campers, so I must be alumni, right? Even though I never played a game in the NHL. I think but you're I'll, a camper. It. It's, it's binary. It's one or the other. He's like a, a, what right. it's like a, a free camper, like a, a non-compensation camper. They can need to come up with a new term for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a media participant. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Why did you decide <laughs> to get into shape? Back to Dennis's question, which was far more important. Sure, because I was a big fatty. How about that for an <laughs> I was a big tub of lard, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor said... Uh, you're mildly obese. And I said, wow, there's a shocker because I've always been, you know, I fancied myself as somewhat of an athlete for many years. I grew up playing hockey and baseball and football and you know, I played tennis in high school and I played hockey in college. And I was always wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You played tennis? I did. I played, uh, I was the number one singles and number one doubles in high school. Get out. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. How did you have time 100%. to do this? Cranial Explosion was touring the local bar scene. How did you have time to... <laughs> I was to... a busy cat in high school, man. We could, you know, we would play hickeys, and we'd play all the bars in downtown Ishpeming. Uh, but but I had to take some time out for my tennis career as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You have shared a, a tremendous, a plethora of pictures with me through the years. I'm not sure I'm prepared for you in a pair of white dolphin shorts hitting the old ball and racket. And, uh, fellas, they were short shorts back then because we're talking about like the 90s, early 90s. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't need to see the I had. The, I think they were Umbros. Remember Umbro? <laughs> yes. I thought yeah. those were reserved were, for volleyball players, though, weren't they? Oh, no, tennis because, tennis? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Andre Agassi was wearing Umbros at the time, and it was like the big thing. And I may have had like the – the Michael Chang Reebok pump shoes. Remember oh, those? Sick. Did you have the Agassi, yeah, the, the Oakleys? Yeah, and I had I had the Andre Agassi hair with the <laughs> with the curls in the back, like the flowing hair in the back. So when I when I would hit it, I would grunt. My hair would go flying. Like it was just it was awesome. You were like the male version of Monica Seles. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. yeah. The, the male untalented version of Monica Seles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All yeah. Right. The things we find out on this show. I never knew. Yeah, so, no, All the time we spent with DJ, no. I never knew he played tennis. Tennis guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should go out and hit some balls sometime. No, thanks. No. I'll pass. <laughs> uh, uh, no, so I wanted to get, I, I, the doctor said, you know, you should probably do some exercise, you know, once you break open a salad every now and again. And I said, okay, sure. So I started to eat better and uh, mixed in the salad and, you know, during the COVID times, I started last summer, but then during the COVID, I didn't want to go to the gym because you never know what's going to happen there. So I started, uh, I opened my garage door and I started off the Davy Joe Dojo and uh, <laughs> got myself into shape, started doing some calisthenics, started doing some walking, started doing some weightlifting, purchased some weights. I got a yoga mat, like the whole nine. So every morning I get up, I do my little workout, I do my little walk around the block and uh, I'm trying to get myself into shape. Wow. I think it's good. It's good for the heart. It's good for the mind. It sure. you know clears your head a little bit, and uh, I've got more energy now than I ever have, and everything is good. The last thing you need, DJ, is more energy. <laughs> Temperate. He's going to do those, those uh, Nugenics like commercials. Taking a nap on the couch. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to do those Nugenics commercials like Frank Thomas. Well, that would be good. Exactly. Yeah, he did the Rogaine thing for a while. Exactly. I would like to see a different brand sponsor, DJ. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm the Nugenics. I'm your man. All right. Well, we'll have to see if the big hurt's done with that with that run. <laughs> hey, uh, I know this is almost unfair to ask because the playoffs have started already. Um, but if we can, can we can we go back and just talk about your picks real quickly? Because then we'll talk about the playoffs. So, uh, you know, so don't lie. Be honest here. Vegas and Chicago going into it. Who did you have? Uh, Vegas. Okay, I had Chicago. DB, you had uh, Vegas, right? I had Vegas in five. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I had Vegas. What am I talking about? I had Chicago against Edmonton. Yes, I had Vegas. Uh, Colorado, Arizona. Who did you have, DJ? 
Colorado. Okay, I had Arizona. You had uh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. Uh, Dallas, Calgary. I had Dallas. Who do you have? Calgary. I had Calgary, too. Really? Calgary. Okay. Uh, and then St. Louis, Vancouver. I had the Blues. DJ? Uh, Vancouver. I had the Blues. This, that was the first two games pretty shocking. Okay. Um, and then over in the East, you have the Flyers and the Habs. DJ, who would you have? I took the Flyers. Okay, so did I. Yeah, okay, we're all in. Good job. Good and job Dennis in game two. The hat, no? No, 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 no. Gabe Velarde also took the Flyers. He's a big Flyers fan. Uh, we found that oh, out right. a couple... Yeah, I heard that on your podcast. Thank you. Oh, you listen. Thank you. Kings of the podcast. Of course I did. <laughs> Kings of the podcast. Yeah, yes. make, sure you, <laughs> make sure you subscribe. Uh, yes, because chicken and beef, you know, it's the same thing. So it's, it's a great, great <laughs> episode. Much, right. Is chicken a bird? <laughs> Is shrimp a fish? <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay and Columbus. Tampa in seven. Uh, here's, okay, here's a shocker. Okay. John Cooper, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes. Attended Hofstra University, the same place where Dave Joseph attended college. Correct. John Cooper and I have something in common. Other than that, we both played for Hofstra hockey. Wow. So you would think in my heart that I'd be going with John Cooper and the Tampa Bay Lightning. However... I picked the Columbus Blue Jackets. You did. Wow. I, I am floored by that. See, I think it's a long, I think it's a seven game series. No, I'm not floored that he took Columbus. I'm floored that he went went against this alma mater. Yeah, yeah, because that's like DJ. I mean, that's one of the three tattoos Blood that brothers, he has. Exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. So you went you went right, against but, Cooper. But it was very painful. But I saw what happened last year, and John Tortorella seems to get the best out of his players at the best times, most important times, and I think. Columbus has it in him again to do the same thing. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get back to that series. We'll talk about that. Washington and the Islanders. And, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the Islanders. I had the Islanders too. I had Washington in six, but. I can't wait to talk about that more. And then Boston and Carolina. Who did you have? Carolina. I had Boston. I had Carolina in six. I really, yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. So let's like before Justin all this madness stop with Pasternak and Rask and things. Well, let's just start there. We'll work our way backwards. We'll, like, snake it through. So, Boston, Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. Boston didn't exactly look like world beaters through the um, opening. What do you call that? The uh, the, well, the round, round robin. robin yeah. yeah, so heading into it. But still, I just I thought that pound for pound Boston was one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and that they would be too much for Carolina, even though Carolina tends to be the uh, the darling of, of certain. A lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were really impressive against the Rangers because a lot of people picked the Rangers in that round. I did. Um, Sebastian Ajo is a, is a superstar that nobody really, really knows about. Uh, Dougie Hamilton came back. Well, that's not true. Mark Bergevin knows about him. That's <laughs> <laughs> Spetschnikov has looked really good. Yeah, so, yeah. They're a coming team. It's just that I'm, I'm not sure about their goaltending. And now with Rask going home and Pasternak being in the lineup. But, again, they're a very tough team. It's just those are one of the teams that got really penalized by the, the pause in play. Boston? They, yeah. They distanced themselves from Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had a 10-point lead, and they were clicking on all cylinders, and now this happens. So it's going to be difficult for Boston. Uh, this might, you know, John, when you look at the other teams that are struggling, like Tampa and Philly in the early going, this might be Boston's toughest round. Mm-hmm. Before and the final. What about this though? Also, if Boston goes out, could Boston be the next team that starts to get dismantled? Could could they look at that and look at the future of the NHL with the flat cap and all that stuff and say, you know what, we're going to have to start making some significant changes, or do they just chalk it up as, hey, it, it was a weird year, it was COVID, and you know we're going to bounce back next year? What do you think, DJ? Well, I think they got a lot of young talent on that team, and and then you look at the the other end of it, and they've got Zeno Chara and Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and all these older guys. Mm-hmm. Is it time that, what's Char now, 43 years old or something? 67. Like, what's that? He's 67. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, is it time, like, I, I know the guy can still play, but is it time to kind of turn the page and move on to, you know, the David Posternocks and the younger, the McAvoys and all the guys, Tory Krug's on the team? Or do you stick with those core guys for another year or two? I don't know. I think they, they kind of turn the page and it's time for them to move on if they want to have some more success because their playoff success frankly, hasn't been that good. And it's a good point because does Z want to come back, take a quick pause, and then go play another 82 games mm-hmm. at 42 years old? I'm not sure he was. Plus, right. Tory Krug, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen in free agency. I think these free agents, it's the worst year ever to be a free agent. Th- does he leave? And so they have to replace them. But they, they, structurally, they still have a, you know, they still have the perfection line. Cassie's a really good coach. I assume Rask is going to come back next year. He's on his last year of his contract. But I just want to talk, talk, touch on the Rask thing. Right? Yeah. Like, look, 
I get it. He doesn't have to be accountable to us in the media or to fans, but he's at some point going to have to be accountable to the guys in the room. For that, sure. That he departed. And I understand the, the kid at home and the newborn, but we knew that two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he knew that two weeks ago. And I guess something was up when he made that comment about it not feeling like the playoffs because there are no fans in the stands. I'm like, okay. So is this guy all in? Obviously he wasn't. I get it. I respect the decision. But, did, but didn't he also make an earlier on comment where he said something about some players are, are better wired for yeah, this or, or yes. they're going to be better mentally yes, prepared to yes. be signs. away from their families and stuff? There were signs. Absolutely, John. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DJ, the Washington Islanders series, it sounds like you and I were on the same side of the fence there. I, I liked the Islanders in that series. I thought this series was ripe for an upset, and um, I went with the Isles. What, 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 uh, what were your reasons for, for going against the Caps? Yeah, well, I like the Islanders because they got four lines and they can all play. And their their third and fourth lines get it done almost as much as their first and second. They've got top-end talent with Barzell and Anders Lee and these guys. But then you look at their back, their defensemen, they don't have a star defenseman. They don't have anyone that really stands out, but they got six guys who get it done who like to play physical. You mix in uh, uh, Casey Sezikis and guys like that who like to be physical on the other team. I think they're just going to wear down – Washington and any line on that Islanders team can score and their goaltending is decent. So that's why I'm going with them. I think they're going to beat up Washington over a, a seven game series. And I, I think the Islanders are going to advance. Well, a couple of things, the backstrom being out hurt because Lars Hell is now the second line center. And in game two, he was on ice for all five goals. The, oh, but on the Islanders side, like that trade for Pajot, he's been fantastic. Matt Barzell hasn't yeah. done anything. He, uh, Pacheco takes, I think, three quarters of the faceoffs. Um, he had two assists in game two. He has been fantastic. That is a great trade for him because it solidifies their third line. And that fourth line's always trouble. You know, in game two, Clutterbuck and Martin scored goals. If you're going to get goals from those guys, you're going to win games. So, yeah, they could be different. And plus, this is a revenge factor. You don't tell me that Barry Trotz isn't a little bit more motivated coaching <laughs> against the Capitals. I mean, come on. I mean, it's a little bit. It's a, is there some money on the board in this round? Probably. Uh, but, yeah, the Islanders look really, really good, and they're going to be difficult because you, they smother you. And you're right, DJ. They don't have a John Carlson. They don't have a Roman Yossi. But as a unit, they are very, very tough to get good scoring opportunities against. All right. Well, so you got two guys on the back end named Pollock and Pellick. So you got you to gotta be doing something right there, right? I mean, <laughs> it's an announcer's dream. Like, yeah, more like a nightmare. <laughs> Tampa and Columbus, uh, we, we already had your hot take earlier there. Any any other comments about that series, DJ, before we move on to Philly? Um, Seth Jones is like a cookie monster when it comes to minutes, man. That guy can play. He's, he never looks like he's breathing heavy. He's logging tons of, in that five-overtime game. He played like 60-some minutes. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, and, and he wasn't Columbus breathing the hard. Way where they, yeah, he wasn't breathing hard in the postgame. I know. It's a, the guy must be in phenomenal shape. As good as Dave um, and then you look at that team, and they remind me of kind of the Islanders, where they're a little rough and tumble. They don't yeah. really have a superstar. They don't have a Panarin anymore, uh, but they seem to get it done. And they've got they've got all the firepower they need to get it done. The question I think is the goaltending, uh, and that's been good so far. So I don't I I don't see Tampa being gritty enough to stay with that team. And and look at the shots that Columbus blocks every single night. You see what Tortorella has them doing. They're buying into what he's selling. So that's why I like Columbus. I just don't see Tampa with that that inner grit or that, that strength that's going to get them through this series. I had Seth Jones as the uh, Norris Trophy winner coming into the season. Yeah, yeah when we did our when we, we did hadn't our gotten hurt preseason predictions. Yeah, uh, Tampa. I mean, we talked earlier about the possible dismantling. I mean, we're already seeing it with we're, allegedly. We're hearing about it coming in Pittsburgh, potentially happening in Boston, like and we talked Nashville about. Too. So, what about Tampa? I mean, if they, they were to get to. bounced, they, they would have to come to the realization, like, hey, what we have and the way that we've put this together, it's not made for the playoffs. They can have a hundred and fifty yeah. point season. Who Doesn't cares? Matter. And you have the Vasilevsky contract kicking in, so you're going to see a Gord or Tyler Johnson or Alex Cologne have to be traded. Plus, plus, they have nobody in the blue line. But I don't think it's just one or two players. I think that you have to really fix the mix, the grit, you know, that DJ was just talking about. It can't just be the exiting of one or two players for contract reasons. But here's the thing. They did address that, John. They got Barkley Goudreau and they got Blake Coleman, who are those type of players, and they still... And they got Patrick Maroon. Yeah, they got Patrick Moon. So, so they I tried forgot he to, was even there. Yeah. So they try to address it, and maybe it's the bigger players. That, well, first of all, Stammer's not there, and had been hurt his ankle. Yeah, and, that's and, true. And so, But it, it's 
And here's the other question, DJ. You're 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 Hofstra guy. Maybe it's the wrong coach. Because who cares about the regular season if you if you keep failing in the postseason? Mm. Maybe you make that move. Maybe that's the move. That'd be a big swing. Yep. Wouldn't be the first time we saw a coach <laughs> take no, one for the team, no, though. Uh, the Flyers and the Habs. I know that uh, Dave Panyota, you know, he's all in on the Habs, but uh, the Flyers just look to be too tough, I think. John, did you watch that game yeah, yesterday? Yeah, well, I know you're going to bring Flyers? that. Flyers? I, I still love that the Flyers. non friggin' I don't, effort. I don't understand that one game. I'm going to give it. It's a mulligan. Un- no, but here's the problem. Okay. And, again, it's a team that played in the seeding round. Giroux and Voracek have done nothing. Nothing. The entire time. So that's my question. If those two guys elevate their, their game, then yeah, sure, they're the better team. And the other thing is, you know, what's going to happen with Carter Hart? Got knocked out yesterday, first time ever. They had such – everybody's been blowing up. They, I agree with you, John. I think they're a team in the future, and if they don't make it to the, the conference final, if they were to go out in this round, I don't think it's a bad thing. But um, they, these guys have never been here before as a group. That, that's the one concern I have. Not that the Habs have been, but the, this team has had a lot of success. They're the hot team. They're the sleeper team. But they've never been here before. So that's my one concern is that they're, the lack of experience in the postseason. And Gostasper needs to get off the ice. He was not good yesterday. So I think there's um, – but, again, that's a dangerous team. Love the coach. Love what Chuck Fletcher's done as the GM. I think it's a real team in the future, DJ. But I think they'll, they'll struggle in the series. Yeah, I agree. I'm surprised, actually, to see Philly struggling as mightily as they have in the first couple of games. I think Carter Hart's been, you know, pretty much everything that's, that he's been building well, up until the game yesterday. But – um, can't be good every night, right? And then you look behind the bench, and Dennis, you and I were having this conversation the other night. We were texting each other, and Philly's got three head coaches, and then they have Lappy. But but they have uh, a head coach, and then they've got, what, Michelle Terrian and Mike Yo, and they're all behind the bench, and then Lappy's standing there next to him. Uh, it, I mean, they have so much knowledge and so much wisdom behind that bench. That's why I was kind of thinking, well, Philly might, beyond to something here. And they are. We see this down the road. Is this a new trend that we're going to see? No. But I don't know. Montreal's been playing so well. Weber's been playing so well. And this Kotkaniemi kid is just basically coming out of nowhere and owning everybody in the postseason. He likes to hit. He can score goals. I don't know. I mean, Montreal's going to be tough to beat. Now, I'm still sticking with Philly. I think they can come back. But Montreal looks good. Nobody needs to see the Habs go any further in the playoffs either. <laughs> the team that wasn't even supposed to be here, you know. I don't know. All right. Uh, Vancouver and St. Louis, that series certainly is not going the way that uh, we would have, ex- no. at least the majority of us would have expected it to go. But, DJ, you said you took Vancouver? I took Vancouver, absolutely. All right. What, why? Tanner what? Pearson. Okay. Tanner Pearson. Tyler Toffoli. But Travis the, Green, but former the, Islander. Toffoli's head coach. out. Walking boot. Yeah, no. But he wasn't. He started the playoffs. Okay. So, so basically, just former Kings players or former Ducks players, that's, you're all in. Yeah, or well, I don't look at Travis Green as a former Islander. I see him as a former or a former uh, Duck player. I see him as a former Islander because when I was at Hofstra, he was with the Islanders, and they played right across the street from us at our building. Uh, so I pull for Travis Green. I think he's done a good job there. Oh, and Oscar Fantenberg, by the way, another former King. Oh yeah. But I think that uh, Bo Horvat's been good. I think that uh, Bester's been okay. I think they've got a lot of guys on that team. Uh, Quinn Hughes has been unbelievable. They have a lot of talent on that team that people maybe aren't aware of or or that fly under the radar. And I just think that they were the team that might be most primed uh, to move on to the second round. I just don't – I don't see St. Louis hanging with a team of that caliber. They're like Philly. They're a team of the future. So they're playing with house money. Yeah, for sure. And Horvat has been fantastic. He's a leader. He has six goals after, you know, at the – what we're here before game three. He's been fantastic. Now, the question is, Tyler Myers is hurt. Um, how seriously is hurt? They got to do some work on the blue line. They have to sign the goalie, who still can be a free agent. They haven't got a deal with Jacob Markstrom. He's been fantastic. He made that incredible save uh, before they had the game winner in game two. So this is a team that's going to be dangerous for a long time, DJ. I agree with you. They, 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 are, they and Philly... But I think the Flyers uh, on on the development curve are probably a year ahead head, of yeah, ahead of Vancouver. Be, yeah, I think because of their because Provorov um, and their defense is better, and they they have their well, they have a younger goalie. But if they don't sign Markstrom, they have that, they have to sign part. him. There's no they, way yeah, that you let him I walk, know. right? Well, he should be signed already. But yeah, I agree. I, Vancouver's going to be a very dangerous team if they enter their defense 
uh, in the offseason, um, they're going to be a contender. I agree. All right, Dallas and Calgary was a series that almost you could say was a coin flip series just because yeah. you have Dallas who just didn't do anything over the final 10 games of the regular season, even though that was a long, long time ago. Yeah. And then you just look at what they were not able to do during the round robin yeah. play as well. You couldn't, you couldn't come into round one against Calgary feeling highly optimistic about the Dallas Stars. Uh, and then you look at Calgary, though, who, I, in my opinion, they were able to upset Winnipeg. Now, obviously, the Jets were without yeah. two of their big players. Um, so, you know, did they really upset the true Winnipeg Jets, regardless, I just, when I looked at it on paper, I didn't see that Calgary was going to have enough to be able to hang with Dallas. Clearly, I was wrong, in the, at least in the early part of this series so far. Calgary's looked really good. Well, Cam Talbot's been fantastic. He's earned himself a contract. Yeah. And uh, people are saying, and, and that's the one thing about, about the NHL these days, DJ, is that, you know, he had one bad game, the 5-4 game. They scored in the last minute. It wasn't his fault. It was a great pass by Corey Perry, of all people, to Lexiak to win the game. But... He had one bad game, but you look at his numbers, it was incredible. So he came back, shut out Dallas, and I, I'm, I haven't been a Dallas fan. I know you are, John, but um, DJ. So, so on, in that series, I just don't see the offense coming from Dallas. They're a one-line team, and if Sagan and Ben don't produce, I think Good they're night. out of luck. Yeah, <laughs> DJ, what do you That's think? That's the key, and Sagan and Ben haven't produced, have they? I mean, Sagan's been – put Sagan's face on the side of a milk carton because I don't yeah. know where he's been. Yeah, he's like, been it, it, and, and Ben hasn't done a whole lot. They're – you know, scoring goals from, from guys who aren't typically scoring goals, which is usually a good thing if you're getting right. contributions from your top guys, but they're not. And I think their their goaltending is suspect too, whether it's Bishop or it's uh, uh, Hudobin. I think it's kind of suspect. I thought the same of Cam Talbot coming into the series. I thought, oh boy, they're going with Talbot. This yeah. could be interesting because Riddick is the other guy, and I thought maybe they go with him. But Talbot's a lot of, what, two goals a game? I mean, he's he's – He's been pretty good. Now with the injury to Kachuk, I don't know exactly what's going to happen there. How long he's been out? Or he's, how long he's going to be out? Calgary looks pretty good. They got some guys who can score. Um, uh, Dubé has stepped up his game. He's looked good. Uh, you know who's looked good look though? Good. No, no, come on, the former king, Luch. <laughs> Luch is as a hey, tempo shooter. Fantastic. He's been fantastic for them in this room. He really has. He been. certainly has. He's been no doubt about it. No, I, I like and Giordano's a stud on the back line as always. Um, I, I just I like Calgary. I Dallas to me is they're not a playoff team. They don't strike me as a playoff team. And I think those guys on Calgary are so big and they are going to beat up Dallas. And I don't think Dallas is going to be able to play that way for five or six or seven games. I will say this though. Who's ever coming out of this round, that series is losing the next round. I'm not (laughs) confident either one of those teams. Fair enough. Next, next uh, series. We'll take a look at here, Colorado and Arizona. You know I like the Yotes, uh, but they have not. But they have not produced here so far in the in the early going of the first round against Colorado. I, I know Colorado and their firepower and everything, but I, I do like Arizona. They're just not good enough. They don't have enough good players, mm-hmm. and, and the problem is at center because if Nick Schmaltz goes out, and that's the reason why you're not winning rounds or the series, fine. And that's why I don't think Taylor Hall is coming back to Arizona. When you look at their depth at center, it's it's. Yeah. There's not Dvorak, somebody sexy enough for no, him to play with. No, it's Dvorak. Derek Stepan at this point in his career would be a great 3C for a team. Of course. He's a 2C in Arizona. I think that's the problem. That's the issue. And the other thing that was surprising, John, is that you know, Tuck took it to his team after game one. The effort wasn't there, which you would think from they would that respond. team would yeah. max, but every game they would have max effort. They wouldn't lose because of lack of effort. And to see that team not give an effort in game one, maybe because... They didn't think they were going to be there, or they took a breath from beating in Nashville, another team who's a disaster at this point in time. But that was the one surprising thing to me. Now, they did respond in the game, and it was a tough 3-2 loss. On, you know, the last two minutes, they got a bad bounce off a skate. But that's the one thing. I just There's just not enough talent in Arizona to think that even if they did get past Colorado, which I don't think can, I don't see them as that dangerous. Yeah, team. Keller had the first goal, and then yeah. um, the second goal Grabner. was... Yeah, Grabner. Who's yeah. had a great playoff for them. Yeah. Three goals, so no surprising. I think Mayer's only pulling for Arizona because of the Brad Richardson of factor. Of course. That's <laughs> my guess. It's not. I'm a big it's Brad true. Richardson guy. Yeah. I do like Brad Richardson, Everyone except for the fact that... I know that. Like, he, he did have one fight. What? He wore the San Francisco Giants hat, and so from that oh, moment on, he was dead no. to me. So we had to talk about no, it. No, no. I forgave Stoli for it, but I will never forgive Brad Richardson for that. And, and keep in mind... Behind the Colorado bench is former Kings assistant coach Ray Bennett. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah. Back to, That's why I'm pulling for Colorado. DJ favorite, yes. Okay, going back, all right. Back. I used to live with Ray Bennett. Did you know that? <laughs> yes. We knew that. The <laughs> yeah, fans probably didn't know. The listeners don't know. Well, there you go. 
No, but listen, I don't think you can beat Colorado with Peter Forsberg and Joe Sackick and Claude Lemieux and, and Rob Blake and all those. Those guys are fantastic, are they not? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Wait, yeah, this again? Talent-laden roster, <laughs> DJ. Okay. Uh, last but not least, Vegas and Chicago. I, I think uh, everybody was in on Vegas, but Chicago's more than held their own at different points in the series. Yeah, Chicago climbed that mountain. They climbed one mountain, yeah. beating Edmonton, and that's it. I, I just they, they made way too many mistakes. The only the only team they could have beaten that first round was Edmonton because Edmonton made more mistakes than they did. They don't have a goalie they can trust. There's so many things wrong with Edmonton and Vegas. Even I will say this though, if Mark Andre Fleury is healthy, I would be super pissed right now. You bring in Leonard. He plays like three or four games in the regular season. And then they say he has a better training camp. And I have won two cups, and I took this team to the cup final, and I'm not starting, like, with a team that's ready to go. I mean, it, it's – that, that to me, would be, if I'm Marc-Andre Philly, for what I've done for this franchise, I don't think the fact that you were outplayed by in three games or in training camp – should make you the, the number with number two. And it's not even a one on one A at this You're point. You're Marc Andre Fleury. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's really surprising they're going with Leonard. Plus, Leonard's an unrestricted free agent. And unless they're going to have a plan to trade a $7 million player in, in, in Fleury, what, he's not coming back there. So it, it was just really curious. But Pete DeBoer's but Dennis, done a great he's job. winning game. Okay, and how about this though? So okay. Vegas, Vegas won. Game. It was it was a big win in game the one. Guy could win the game. Okay, in game one it was a big win for them. But then the game game two ended up going into overtime. Yep. Right. So Chicago was holding their own in game two oh, at, no, different, at different points. Yeah. So now could you possibly see what happens if they come out and they win game three? Chicago, I'm talking about. Is Vegas, is Vegas potentially going to have to make some tough decisions going into a game four? I think that if they win that game and they may, I think that's the only game they win in the series. I think it's a quick. I think it's five game series, but. And then, but you're right about one thing. Like, don't ever question the try of guys like Taves and Kane. Mm-hmm. Like, people said, oh, they're going to get, you know, Edmonton, Leon, Connor. And they said, hey, watch this. Mm-hmm. We're still good. We're still good. <laughs> hold hold don't my forget beer. That. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Don't anoint them yet. All right. So, DJ, any parting thoughts on Vegas and Chicago? Yeah, well, two things stand out. One, Jonathan Taves seems like he's overly surly for some reason. And two, Corey Crawford still can't catch the puck. Nope. I don't know what Agreed. the problem is. Right? I like. I don't know why he doesn't hold it. I don't know if he's got a problem closing his hand or if it's a glove thing or whatever. But he has misplayed so many pucks with his catching his catching glove. I don't know what's happening there. But someone needs to help the guy out. I feel bad for him. <laughs> maybe he needs to like baseball plays style. That he could maybe make that he doesn't. Maybe he needs to like you know put some uh, put some oil on that glove and like you know rubber band yep. it overnight you know like you did wrap when you were a little around league. it a yeah, wrap of a belt around it exactly you know what I'm talking about <laughs> and and this is a guy yeah, who, of course who, who, I don't know what's going on there but but Chicago's right you got Taves and Kane and then Kubalik's been unbelievable or started off unbelievable seventh round draft choice by L A are you gonna bring yeah. that up again yeah, I am. okay. Sorry. The guy wouldn't sign uh, in Los Angeles. No, no, they did no, no, everything no, no, no. in their power to sign the guy. Seventh round Fantastic pick. to flip a seventh-round pick from five years ago for a fifth-rounder. Show me another player. trade where you've seen a seventh-rounder get traded for a fifth-rounder five years after the fact. That's not the optics people are looking at. They're looking well, at 30 goals. That's that doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Teasing if the guy's not going to sign in L.A., Don't what's so the difference? Sensitive. You aren't a GM. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, I like the Alec Martinez factor for the for the Golden Knights. Yes. Of course you do. <laughs> I mean, no, he's playing with Shea Theodore now. That's going to be fantastic. He is, I know, and he's, and he's looked good. See, the thing on, on Crawford, going back to Crawford for a second, he beat Edmonton in four games, but his save percentage was 847. It wasn't like he had this great <laughs> series against Edmonton, and he won. 847, it's not good? No. It's not, it's, not, it's not good. It's higher than what Jonathan Quick had his first 20 games of the season. Uh, great batting average, not a great save <laughs> no, percentage. exactly. Great on-base percentage. Yeah. Right. I, I do appreciate you bringing up Shea Theodore, though, because uh, I, I just I, he's so underrated. Yeah, so underrated. Good job, Ducks. Yeah. Former Duck Shea Theodore. I, I keeping Sammy Votnin. I, I, I will. I will. No, it was Manson. They they oh. wanted to keep Manson, so they ended Manson? up they ended up trading an extra asset for them to tra- uh, keep Shea Theodore. I Oh, I thought it was Manson. That's what I had heard. But, but either one. Whatever. Why Why are you letting go of a right shot D in I Theodore know, who right. was on the up and up? I mean, just a just yeah. I never Agreed. will. No, no. I never will understand that. Nope. As much as I as much as I shake my head about the Kings protecting Forbert instead of McNabb mm-hmm. in the expansion draft, that, that is like on the scale of one to ten. That's a one to me compared to the Ducks letting Theodore because go. Because you which have is to give the assets up. Yeah, why, why would you give up an asset to have them trade Shea Theodore? Guy. No, Shea Theodore would be the guy I would make sure they didn't take. Right. 
That's the guy that hey, you want to build around. Don't forget the Derek Forbort factor in Calgary too. Okay. Scored a goal. <laughs> Thank you very. Hit the well, back of right. the net. <laughs> right. Would you like? That was amazing, by the way. Would you like us just to go through all of the all of the games one more time so that you can call out every former King player, <laughs> or you're good? Did I get them all? I think I got them all. <laughs> no, Tobias Reader. Don't forget about Tobias Reader. Oh yes, Toby Reader. Who's actually scoring goals in yeah. Calgary? He played what in Los Angeles? Played 23 games, scored yeah. zero goals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any other former Kings? We, yeah, we can bring up the Darcy Kemper trade. Uh, Darcy, <laughs> hey, look, that's a deal. Oh, Darcy I, Kemper. I think you make that and deal ben, all day and, long. Uh, yeah, Darcy Kemper. Who was I think? Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about Ben Bishop being in Los Angeles. Yeah, ben Bishop. Yeah, there you sure. go. Okay. I think I got them all. I <laughs> if not, you'll text. <laughs> when us you later. can't score goals, it doesn't matter who the goalie is. So next on those this goalie is trades. Hey, uh, DJ, we'll leave you on a high note then here. Um, how about this, though? When you think back about the Kings franchise and you think about your time in Los Angeles and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, we've all covered the team, been around the team, and we've seen the highs and the lows, right? Uh, the dark days, you referenced the Ray Bennett days and stuff like that. You know, there, there were some dark times prior to Dean Lombardi coming on board. And then the highs of the 2012, 2014, fantastic, you know, sort of cup run years. Things then went into a bit of a lull and the, the, the train came off the tracks a bit. Um, the future is bright. There's no denying that the future is bright. Is there any particular player? I mean, you have a unique seat that nobody else has, right? That, whether you're a fan in the stands or whether you're in media in the press box, you have a very unique seat um, being there at ice level and watching the players. Is Any of the young players stand out to you as like, you know, this is a guy that I'm really excited to come to work and watch every night uh, just to see what he might be able to do. Is there anybody that comes to mind when I ask that? Yeah, there's a couple of guys. I like uh, what I've seen, obviously, from Gabe Velarde, who has been nothing but impressive in his handful of games he's played at the mm-hmm. NHL level. But he was impressive, as you saw, in Ontario, Mayor, at the mm-hmm. AHL level. I mean, sure. he seemed to dominate every single night. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He's great with the puck. He makes his teammates better. So Velarde's going to be one. I think Mikey Anderson's another guy who, who had a great first season with the Reign and has upped his game. And you can see that there's a lot of talent there. And frankly, you know, there are guys coming up who I've seen some footage on and tape, and I can't wait to see Arthur Kaliev. I think Arthur Kaliev is going to be one of the biggest steals. He's, he's a pure goal scorer. If it can translate to the American League and the National League level, I think the kid is going to be huge. Uh, I don't want to throw it out there, you know, is he Alex Ovechkin-esque? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be really, really good, or it mm-hmm. seems that way. So I'm excited to see him play. And Alex Turcotte, too, I'm, I'm excited to see him uh, come into his own and, and grow up as a, a young man in Ontario and Los Angeles and see where that goes. So there's, listen, there's no, uh, when it comes to picks, draft picks, as you know, the Kings are loaded mm-hmm. and the great comedian Earl Skakel and I were talking about it the other day, friend of the show. Oh, I know. There Earl you go. Friend of the show. Yes. <laughs> hey, we're setting up Name a celebrity, here. we're setting up a celebrity wrestling match between <laughs> Earl and Matt Luff. That's coming up. We're, we'll have you be the ring announcer. I, I just figured it out yes. right now. It'd be great. Done. Done. And Consider it done. There yep. we go. All right. Back to what you were saying. If you need me to take a bump, I can take a bump. <laughs> Don't expose the business. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to see all those guys. And Earl and I were talking about it the other day, and he was like, I can't think of a team that has so many good young prospects in the system. And it's true. That I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but do the Kings have the number one uh, prospect. Yeah, the, yeah. the Kings uh, have the number one. Pro- I think they do. Yeah, the Kings have the number one prospect pool, and and really, what sets their pool apart from most of their teams is the depth at all three positions. They're right. deep at forward, they're deep on defense, and they're deep in goaltending. So they don't really have that one hole uh, per se. They, they they could use one top flight defenseman to really put them over the top, but they are deep on D. I mean, you call I call them the ABCDs. You have Anderson, Bjornfoot, Clegg, and and Dersey, uh, and that's not even mentioning some of the other guys like Kim the Finn and so on. So they have plenty of guys on D they have a lot at forward and then there's even more coming uh in the goaltending pipeline behind Cal Peterson you also have uh Perrick and then you also have uh, uh, uh Ingham who's going to be in Ontario this year and so you're going to add with this draft uh another goalie no 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 oh, oh, general, oh, to the prospect pool oh yeah I mean you're going to get you know sitting there at number two probably getting a guy like Byfield or whoever yeah. they pick it really doesn't yeah. matter they're getting a top end top three you know type pick um so another high-end prospect that'll be added to the pool very very deep uh in in prospects right now how good is this team going to be in two years, three years, four years? Uh, they're going to be. If phenomenal. even half of these guys pan out, if even 30% of these guys, a third of them pan out, 33%. DJ, that's the all you need. Gonna be, 
pretty good. That's all you need. That's the thing. You only need half of them to hit. Right. If more than half of them hit, I mean, it's such right. a home run. They're going to have to trade guys away just because they won't right. have roster spots to create, right. you know, uh, I mean, it's a great, great problem to have to, to, to be able to utilize all these assets. They are so deep. They are so loaded. And it's, it really is exciting to think about when you when you go back just a couple of years ago when the cupboards were bare. I mean, they really were because they had traded away so many of those draft picks in order to yeah. you know continue to to chase those cups. But once they decided to 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 really kick into the restocking of the cupboards, it's just been uh, you know one high end prospect after another. And then the, you have to give a lot of credit to the development staff as well. I don't think that the development staff gets enough credit around the league with, for what they do and developing players. I mean, you, you just went through a litany of LA Kings players that are on all these other teams. The, the LA Kings development staff did a fine job with guys like Derek Forbert, Nick Shore. I mean, guys that people don't understand because they're not top six players. Yeah. They're not top pairing defensemen. These are NHL, legit NHL players, guys who will play 200 to 500 games in the NHL. D- these are legit players who round out rosters. Um, and they've the, the development staff just does a phenomenal job. Even what they've done, you know, just circling back to Gabe Velarde, um, you know, guys like Craig Johnson and, and Jared Stolen, what they were able to do to get Gabe Velarde uh, to, to the point that he's at already. And there's so much more work to do with these young kids that the future is bright. We just can't say it enough. No, a great, yeah, great job by Nelson Emerson and Glenn Murray and Craig Johnson and all those guys. They, they work with those guys day in, day out at the training center and, and they've really shaped them up to be good pros. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of highlights both in Ontario and at Staples Center. All right, DJ, we'll let you get back to the dojo and uh, we will reach out to Earl. We will let him know that we have our ring announcer. And uh, when we're ready to, when COVID ends and the world opens up again and we can do a remote, we'll have the celebrity wrestling match between Matt Luff, Earl Skakel, Dave Joseph as the guest ring announcer. Uh, we'll get DJ in a tuxedo, or we'll get uh, DB, I'm sorry, in a tuxedo. Yeah, oh yeah. It's going to be fantastic. You can be the uh, timekeeper. the wild card gym. <laughs> you can be the timekeeper. California. Yeah, okay. I'll do that. DJ, stay strong, my friend. Yeah. Bye for now, guys. Bye for now. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Before we go any further, let's be friends. friends. The word we use every day. Most of the time we use it in the wrong way. Now you can look the word up again and again, but the dictionary doesn't know the meaning of friends. And if you ask me, welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. DB, welcome back. Third period there. Uh, That was a fun filled segment. What a beauty DJ is. (laughs) He's great. Long time friend. A tennis player. Look, number one or two singles in high school. I know so much about Dave. From, you didn't know from, that. From time on the road. I went to a Motley Crue concert with his yeah, mom. I know right. a lot about Dave Joseph, okay? Yeah. Growing up as a youper. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I, I guess I did not know as well. I had no idea about, no. about the tennis Out player. Out of nowhere. The tennis <laughs> just dropped in and he was a tennis player. Wow. And now you know what's going to be coming on our phones oh, anytime totally. in the next 30 minutes. It's going to be totally. it's going to be a plethora of <laughs> uh, uh, tennis pictures. Exactly. Uh, there was a lot to unpack there. Uh, yeah. any, any key highlights that you take away from the conversation with DJ? Well, I think the one thing that right now is in the moment, I, give me the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup. It, it's a t- there's no clear cut team to be honest with you, John. It, it's still Philly and Boston out east aren't aren't living up to the hype, right? So right. not not necessarily feeling comfortable with those picks. Uh, Tampa, who is supposed to be firing on all cylinders, they don't look so hot, right? And um, I had the Islanders beating Washington, and I wouldn't consider the Islanders a Stanley Cup contender. So right. I literally have no idea yeah, who right. who's amazing. coming out of the East. Over in the West, I mean, I still think that Vegas has to be considered one of the top contenders. Um, I, I Colorado, I, I there's just something about that team that doesn't fit for me. I think when you get into the deeper yeah. water and the grit that might be missing high powered offense, but I'm not sold on the goaltending or the grit of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously or the defense. I mean, I guess they have a de facto one in, in Theodore, but he's never been, you know, he's never been annoyed. He's not Roman Yossi. He's not John Carlson. Yeah. Who are we talking about here? Colorado. Oh, we're talking about Colorado. Yeah. Oh. oh, you're talking about Vegas. Oh, Colorado. Yeah. I'm talking about Vegas. Oh. Colorado. They have the goods. They do. Yeah. I you like them. So? The week. I like them to get out of it. I like them to get out of the West. Colorado versus Vegas. Who, who, who would you end up taking? Colorado. Really? In the Western Conference Final. Okay. All right. Uh, and because the, of one guy, 29. 
Really? Nathan McKinnon. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, and then, yeah, St. Louis just hasn't, you know, hasn't kicked it into gear. I don't think Vancouver can go deep enough. And like you talked about earlier, uh, Dallas and Calgary, this is their Stanley Cup final right now. So I made a joke on Hot Stove about the Blues. This looks like Mike Yo's Blues, not Craig Berube's Blues. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. Look, Bennington has not been good. Um, and they were caught by surprise by a team that's young and hungry. So, And Calgary-Dallas, again, that's, if I have to rank the interest level, of that's, that's eight. Of okay. One of eight, that, that's the eighth one because it's just two teams that somebody's got to win that series. I think it's going to be Calgary, uh, assuming that Kachuk can come back. Uh, but again, I, I, they're not dangerous teams. So again, yeah, it's, it's probably... So you're leaning towards Colorado then. That's your pick yeah, of yeah. the moment. My original pick for... Like we, SiriusXM did a, a, a prediction pool. I had Tampa Bay versus Colorado. I feel better about Colorado and Tampa Bay. But, um, <laughs> but But right now, John, you can't like... If I actually... Here's... You know, 100 bucks laid down on some team with confidence. I'm not confident about any team right now. They I all prob- but I probably, if I was laying $100 down, I probably would go with Vegas over Colorado. Okay. I mean, but I mean, I, no. No, how confident? I mean, that's fifty-five, forty-five. I yeah, mean, I'm right, not, exactly. it's not like it's not like I'm going to yeah. add another so hundred of my own. Sixteen teams, <laughs> and there's really no thing. Okay, hey, I can say no problem. This team's going to win it all. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. So I think that's great. I think it's great the fact that the intensity's there, and and we're enjoying hockey in August. I think that the NHL also just can't say it enough has done a phenomenal job. Game John. presentation is outstanding. Yes, it's just been it's been great. And uh, I, I think they deserve all the credit in the world. For a league that gets so many things wrong and that people love to dump on most of the time, they really did everything excellent. And I think, John, the presentation where they just bring the talk... Like, I don't need to be reminded that there are no people in the stands by having cutouts of people in the stands. Okay. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. I think, I think it's just been a classy presentation with respect to what the uh, the league has done. And the, yeah, That's a for good word, actually. Person. It has been. It's been classy. You're right. Yeah, it really has been. Yeah. It's been really, really good. Um, that overhead angle, shoot the game sometimes, because we could do without. But I think this has been, you know, as close to flawless as possible. And remember, people said, cancel the season. The players will never want to come back. They can't, they can't keep them safe, right? The, the, for, the playoff format stinks. The draft lottery stinks. All this complaints. Like stop complaining. This has been fantastic. It's been it's been great. I mean, yeah, it's the audio the- version of your article right exactly. here. Stop complaining. <laughs> having fans in the stands would be better. I get it. It would be wonderful. But again, this is not normal. We can't like that went out the window in mid March. So we have to deal with it and adapt with it. Someday we'll get back to it, and hopefully next season, we'll start of next season, we'll be back in the stands and we'll be in the building. But I think the way this has gone with respect to the return of play has been fantastic. All right, DB, another outstanding episode in the books. We have a couple more uh, scheduled, a couple more booked, yep. uh, multiple books there back to back. So yep. uh, we, have a, we have a couple more shows scheduled for this week. So keep an eye out for those. But just uh, another great show, a lot of fun with Dave Joseph. And um, hopefully it gave uh, fans a little bit of insight into, into somebody that we just think the world of. And it was nice to have him on the show once again to, to talk hockey with. Absolutely, fans. We'll be back with you soon. At Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.